0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. There is a battle being waged in the church for the integrity of the faith. Will the church become just another puppet of the powers of the world and their father below? Or will the church continue to stand in opposition to evil? Today we will look at the story of an Anglican priest who was an outspoken opponent of evil in the world who is converting to Catholicism, and praise be to God for that. He wants to be a Catholic priest, but was told that he has to go to seminary, and as a seminarian, he needs to remain silent on these issues publicly until after he's ordained. That may derail his plans to become a Catholic priest, which is a tragedy. We'll compare that story to the latest from the John Paul II Pontifical Academy that has been taken over by the enemies of the church with the help of Francis. To really illustrate what is at stake, But for all this, let's check in with Archbishop Vigano first, who makes a prayer request that really casts this battle into clear light. So, from Archbishop Vigano's Twitter account, yes, he has one of those, In these hours while the gates of hell seem to prevail, allow me to address myself to you with an appeal, which I trust that you will respond to promptly and with generosity. I ask you to make an act of trust in God, an act of humility and filial devotion to the Lord of Armies, I ask that all of you pray the Holy Rosary, if possible in your families or with your dear ones, your friends, your brothers and sisters, your colleagues, your fellow soldiers. Pray with the abandonment of children who know how to have recourse to their most holy mother, to ask her to intercede before the throne of the Divine Majesty. Pray with a sincere soul, the pure heart, in the certainty of being heard and answered. Ask her, she who is the help of Christians, Auxilium Christianorum, to defeat the forces of the enemy. Ask her, she who is terrible as an army set in array, see this Song of Songs, uh, paragraph 6, number 10, to grant the victory to the forces of good and to inflict a humiliating defeat on the forces of evil. End quote. The enemy within the church and outside the church are on the move, even at this holy time of year. The enemies of Christ rarely, if ever, rest. And yet we are often all too eager to rest on our laurels and fall into sin and despair. As we are now in ember tide of advent, that is, the ember days of advent, they are upon us. A time described as a mini-lent of abstinence, fasting, and penance. Now is the very best time to get off our laurels and get back into the battle against evil. And how does evil often find its way into the church? Well, through the sin of pride and self-aggrandizement. Case in point, a high profile Anglican priest was going to leave the Church of Henry VIII to come home to Rome. But then he was told that during his mandatory time in seminary, before he could become a Catholic priest, he would be required to keep a low profile and not try to become a celebrity priest while in seminary. Now his conversion is in jeopardy because he wants to be high profile. Or so that's the way this is being framed. The story comes from ChristianityToday.com with this headline. The choice to the church, speak up or keep your head down. That headline implies that we all face this choice, and to a degree it's true. There's a joke that's out there that when someone announces on social media they're converting to Catholicism, that they're going to start a podcast to teach the faith because, well, that happens all the time. We see people in RCIA who make Catholic podcasts to teach the faith. It's weird. Now, in reality, the priest should keep his head down temporarily, learn the faith well enough to teach it, then reemerge in the public eye after his superiors give him the okay to, and only after prayerful discernment. And I say that because it is within the lawful authority of the bishop to ask this. Submission to that seems logical to me, but let's see how this generically Christian news site is framing the article. And the article is by the priest himself, one Gavin Ashenden. He does a good job of pointing out the cultural problems in their source and the subversion of modern civilization in the secular world and how everything has been infiltrated, and how every denomination of Christianity has been subverted from within. He's not wrong about anything he says here. From the article, quote, When I became a Roman Catholic, which I did because I came to believe that what it taught about itself was true, and because Protestantism was slipping away from its capacity to read scripture honestly, so many people turned to that old proverb, Be careful you don't jump from the frying pan into the fire. I knew perfectly well I was jumping into the fire. The Roman Catholic Church has suffered the same propagandization of their people as Protestants have. Secularism, relativism, and the progressive collectivist politics from the left have swept through the education system and the media, producing great pressure to change Christianity into the image of a form of the hammer and sickle ideology. End quote. The priest goes on to describe how the James Martin program, which just won a major and potentially catastrophic victory in America, thanks to the government and the cowardice of self described conservative politicians who went along with it, the James Martin program will be used to smash the faith in America, push the faithful to the margins of society. You may even see priests in court because of this. This, you know, everything he, the priest says in this article is good stuff, though. This was back in 2003, and he was contemplating not only converting to Catholicism at that time, but also his place in the church. From his article, quote, to my surprise, I began to be given a voice and a platform in the public square to represent Orthodox Christianity. I can understand that some people wondered if this might be caused by a hunger for media exposure and a delight of being in the limelight. But since it came with the cost of being lampooned and ridiculed for being an obscurantist, and dinosaur, and The loss of my job, position, and what little prestige my academic and broadcasting work had accumulated, not so much. I had hoped that this role in the body of Christ might be congruent with what I thought was a vocation to be a Catholic priest. On being confirmed or received into the Catholic Church, one takes a saint's name. I had long loved, with a deep growing affection, the wonderful Saint Augustine. But instead, I took the name of St. Athanasius. The church in our day was surrounded by a deep, corrosive, and dangerous intellectual and moral heresy, which I thought I understood and knew needed public repudiation. And the public platforms that were being given to me, day after day, allowed me to do just that. End quote. He begin to see his problem, and it's made all the more complicated by the fact that this priest actually is one of the ones who should be speaking out against the errors of the modern world. He is cut from the same cloth, same cloth as Bishop Athanasius Schneider and the better bishops, and I would honestly probably publish his letters or public statements here on YouTube and Spotify if he actually wrote letters against the errors of the world, if he was a priest. He goes on to describe the errors of Francis, and he calls him Bergoglio to give you an idea, and it's honestly, everything he says is all on the money. The problem he ran into is that he was told that he can't have a high-profile post talking about the errors of the world like he had had one as an Anglican, not while in seminary at any rate. Given that he's talking about Francis's war against traditionalists, like myself and many of you watching, and others, it's understandable why his superiors intervened. But it does speak to a larger problem. The war for the heart and soul of the church isn't one only of ecclesiastical politics and who is the pope or isn't and who the better bishops are fighting or the heirs of the synod or whatnot this battle is also against our own personal traits our own worst traits our vices and habitual sins and all the rest of it pride is the sin that enables all other sins in our lives and yet for so many of us we run into problems that may involve that sin And I'm not saying that priest here is sinful and full of himself, that he is like, you know, super prideful. I don't have the ability to read his interior state any more than anyone else does. But there are times in life when we must submit to lawful authority in the church and frankly, publicly teaching the faith as a convert while in the conversion process or in this his case, the seminarian process is not the time to be a teacher of the faith. It just isn't. When you're a seminarian, focus on being a seminarian. That priest will have his chance once his seminary experience is finished. I am confident of that. And I say that knowing that we need more good priests who are willing to speak out. Case in point. Headline from cruxnow.com. Catholic academic blasts Vatican's academy for life as embarrassing. Yeah, you think? Embarrassing is putting it mildly. They've been taken over by the diabolical. Francis is appointed defenders and promoters of the Moloch ritual to the Pontifical Academy for life. Numerous of them, in fact, that the Academy needs to have his name changed. His appointments haven't only been embarrassing, they've been revealing about what he really thinks on these issues. They show us what Francis really thinks on that entire series of issues the Moloch ritual, the James Martin topic, artificial barriers to being fruitful and multiplying all of it. The story reports that the Academy published a report contradicting and rejecting. Numerous teachings of the faith, ranging from, well, included everything I just mentioned, and some others, and how one theologian served as a voice for others who decried this publication, because obviously this was a signal to the secular world that we were going to give in. From the article, quote, Critics argued that it was inappropriate for a Vatican body to publish voices questioning the church's core moral teachings. While the academy defended the volume, saying it is the duty of a pontifical academy to facilitate dialogue among experts of differing opinions. De Blasi, this is the theologian who hit back, in his comments to Crux said he did not believe such dialogue is helpful because it's not just an individual scholar, it's a publication from a pontifical institute, so it does have some kind of authoritative standpoint, and that's how how everybody took it. He said the Academy's publication also contradicts Pope John Paul II's 1993 encyclical, Veritatis Splendor, on the church's role in moral teaching saying quote this is already a dissent which is not allowed in catholic theology so it's already something off the line since the publication of etica theologica dea vita the academy has also come under fire for tweets it sent from its official twitter account in august suggesting that saint pope paul vi's 1968 encyclical humana vitae which reinforced church teaching on marriage and upheld its condemnation of artificial barriers to fulfilling God's great command to be fruitful and multiplying, was not covered by the doctrine of papal infallibility, meaning it can be subject to change. And quote. Pontifical Academy is getting us ready for Humanae Vitae to be abolished and the church to embrace the last sins of the world she hasn't embraced yet. That's what they're doing, and it's why we need more voices, not fewer, willing to defend Catholic Orthodoxy. It's why Vigano wanted the laity to pray for this battle in the church, and it's why I'm torn on the Anglican priest wanting to continue his battle as a priest in the Catholic Church and not taking a break from that battle. We need more soldiers for Christ, not fewer. The enemy is on the march, and they show no signs of relenting in this battle. So I'm curious what you think of these stories today. Are they indicative of where the church is heading? Should that now former Anglican priest be allowed to be a voice for orthodoxy while in seminary? Should he submit to the lawful instructions of his bishop, who wants him to focus on seminary and wait for the battles after he's ordained, given that seminary can last several years? What do you think about the Pontifical Academy for Life publishing apologetics for the culture of death? Let me know in the comments, please, what you thought of all this. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help As to sharing this on social media. It helps a lot as well. And as always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.